0: YouTube family, thank you so much. I appreciate all of you guys. We have a lot to cover in today's market update. Um, We are here February 4th, 2023. Another full market update, current events. We got the balloon. Don't worry. We got the balloon. Okay, everything's good. Good job, Joe. Good job, Joe. And Joe reminded us yesterday that inflation was here before he arrived in office. So it's not his fault, and he's going to get it taken care of just like he did the balloon. Let's get it started. Let's run it up. I appreciate all of you guys so much thank you I appreciate you guys okay massive session and then I'll see if I can take some questions here at the end for you guys okay thank you for joining me without further ado let's get right into it market update what we're running with is a twenty-three thousand four hundred Bitcoin is what we're looking at here and then I see we're down to uh you know 1700 here for our ethereum and our xrps at 41 cents 41 and a half cents so uh back up from yesterday actually for xrp that's interesting Looks like we're going to have to take a look at the XRP chart here at the end of the show. I'll pull up the sticks and we'll take a look at the Bitcoin price chart and we'll take a look at the XRP price chart. Um, I am wondering if, did I make this public? Let me see, let me see this. Um, I got to make sure that we made this public. YouTube, can you guys leave me a comment? Smash the thumbs up for me and let me know that you are here. Ah, that's why we are on unlisted. Let's make it public. Rookie mistake, save. Public. Okay, we are public, and so since we're running late, since we're messing up, let's just continue on here and take a second to uh, go live here over on Twitter. Let's share this message live now. Let's get a hashtag, XRP. XRP. And let's let Twitter know that we're live. Guys, I apologize. I had my privacy on Unlisted. So we are live now. This is public. Thank you for joining me. YouTube. Okay, there we are. Now I see you guys. Thank you so much. We were we were on private there for the first two minutes. And so I apologize. Okay, what we got here, you didn't miss anything. Full update coming in. Current events, cryptocurrency, and the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. Right now, the market is at a price of $23,400 for our Bitcoin Seventeen hundred for our Ethereum and a forty-one and a half cents for our XRP. We're going to have to take a look at the XRP price chart at the end of this session because looks like XRP is making a little bit of a move. So that's going to be interesting to take a look at. Now let's take a look. Kabesi letter says it's only a matter of time before the Fed says the Chinese balloon can still have a soft landing. I thought that was a pretty funny joke. And for those of you guys, you guys have probably already seen the news. This is breaking uh, the last half hour. We finally did get the balloon. We, we finally did get the balloon, but now we have U.S. officials believe there could be a third Chinese spy balloon, which is outside of the United States. So we got balloons flying around. Stay safe out there, okay? God bless you all. Thank you for joining me. If you can do me a favor, let's smash the thumbs up and make sure that we hit that notification bell so that we don't miss any future content. Let's run it up. There's going to be breadlines. See, and this is what's interesting to me is I read TikTok comments. I read YouTube comments. I read commentary from people in the West who think that this currency reset, revaluation, restructuring is going to be a soft landing. And, you know, they're listening to Jerome Powell. They're listening. They think uh, Jerome Powell is going to give us a soft landing and that this is going to be just fine. But the real ones understand what is about to hit us. And it's a very real situation. XOS, brother XOS on Twitter shares this one. There's going to be breadlines, And he shares this. This is the Reserve Bank of Australia mistake could see mortgage interest rate repayments rise by 205%. And so we've been worrying about this. And, you know, we're debating people that think that it's FUD to talk about, you know, the dollar, the the, the inflation and destruction of the dollar. And, you know, it's going to be just fine because we're only at six and a half percent inflation, right? Mr. Biden uh, running the show, doing a great job, got the balloon, and now he's brought back inflation. He told us yesterday, reminded us that inflation w- was here before he arrived in office, so it's not his fault. And clearly, if we look at the numbers, he's bringing down inflation, and then we just had a record jobs report. So lowest unemployment rate in 50 years, which they tell us is great news, right? But the reality on the street is breadlines are coming. When people go to renew their mortgage, when people go to restructure debt, when they go to run their business, when they go to feed their family or fill up their vehicle, they are going to be feeling the pain. And that's the reality of the situation. No matter what they tell us in D.C., from either side of the aisle, no matter what Fed drone pal says about us having a a soft landing, no matter whether or not we're going to have to watch another balloon fly across our our country, you know, who knows what they have staged for us next. But the reality on the streets is it's getting really uh, interesting. To say the nice, to put to to put it nicely, and I'm debating with people that just don't get it. I I feel like they're almost out of touch with the situation. And, and many people in the West, and I, you know, made a video yesterday titled "Wake Up America" because a lot of people sitting back and think that this is going to be just fine for us. You know, here we're going to be coming up into summer 2023, and we'll still just be flipping burgers, drinking beer, and having a good time. And we we might be able to do that, but that's going to be at a, a a higher price. And that's the point. Is that we don't we we haven't had a ninety percent currency devaluation overnight like Lebanon just had last week. It could happen here. We've had ninety seven percent destruction in the dollar since nineteen thirteen when the Federal Reserve was incepted, but people now are just used to that value of the dollar that we've been using, and we can live with. It's just normal to have six seven eight nine percent inflation, and because people are going to get a second and third job just to get by. And we have a record low unemployment because of that, the economy's strong. Good luck, God bless, if you believe that program's going to work out for you. Good luck, God bless. Truly unbelievable, folks. Let's run it up. Let's continue. And, and remember what I just read off there for you guys. We just had a real estate session this morning in my Discord group actually talking about rates and what the Fed's going to going to be doing here but this is a case of the Reserve Bank of Australia the mistake that they made in raising interest rates could see mortgage interest rates repayments rise by 205% and when real estate gets impacted everybody gets impacted right Uh, That is going to be a very interesting situation and if you do want to catch the real estate call that we had this morning in our discord group you just head on over to my website you sign up for the patreon and that gets you into the discord group and all of these weekly calls are recorded all of the seminars the business development program all of that is additional content exclusively for the discord group if you're trying to figure out how to get some deals done. We are bringing in people that are actually doing the deals, getting it done, and uh, it was a massive session this morning, so check it out if you want. It's over at my website. Now, let's continue, though. Here, we got this one from Michael Kramer, and we've been watching this S&P 500 chart, and he says, I guess we will see what Monday brings, but the pattern is not broken yet, and you see the pattern, the setup that he's calling for right here, little head and shoulders that would then bring us back down to about the 4,000 level. It's going to be very interesting to watch because the, the market started to get shaken up. Um, and I'm going to give you guys my full market update here at the end of this. But we're watching this one closely. We're not falling for this bull trap. And I've been in, in an effort of full transparency. You guys know me. If I'm in a trade, I tell you guys I'm in a trade. And I am in a trade. It's a Bitcoin short. And I am in profit. And I'm calling the bluff. I'm calling. And I see something similar. If the S&P is going to do it, you already know what's coming for Bitcoin as well. So be prepared for that over the next, uh, over the next week interesting over here though when we look at the setup in metals this is absolutely massive guys this one from high heat says silver riggers dump 600 million ounces of derivatives to stop a $2 price rise okay this is according you know the bix were i i don't you know all of this is very interesting to see the different ways that they're manipulating the silver price here but he's talking about a situation where we had 600 million ounces of derivatives dropped on the market to stop the price rise. He says this was just day one. So possibly over 1 billion ounces of derivative silver dumped to create a $2 price drop. This is how desperate they are. I continue to believe that $24 silver is the linchpin to the derivatives complex. So we've been talking about this. Very interesting because when this does bust, when this does get reset, when this does move on over to Basel 4 compliance and... The, the the new laws that are coming in the new um timeline for Basel is 2% can be held uh, by banks in crypto assets that's coming live in 2023 we're seeing adjustments now where gold is now a tier 1 asset and the only other tier 1 assets according to the bank of international settlements are cash and US treasuries and so they've now elevated gold to that level and then they've moved in the 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 backing requirements On the back of data that we're seeing, which is central banks buying more gold than they have in 55 years, and exchanges and vaults like the London's Metals Exchange hitting record lows that we've never seen in history. So very interesting setup. We can now see, though, right here, 600 million ounces of derivatives to stop a $2 price rise. So just think what's going to happen. And I mentioned this in my recap of the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference about how Last year in 2022, there was a 200 million ounce shortage deficit of silver last year. So there was 200 million more ounces in demand than the actual physical supply that could be uh, given out for the market, okay? Very interesting, but I got a couple more here for you guys. This guy, David Hunter, says, I expect silver to trade at $400 and gold 15,000 to 20,000 by the end of the decade. Massive predictions, and I've been seeing many of these three-digit for silver predictions. Many people that think that gold could easily break through 3,000, and that was kind of the consensus that I got at the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference from all the gold bugs and the metal guys, uh, which they're an interesting group of guys and gals for sure over there in the metals and resources community, but they know how to make money. They they, they know how to preserve wealth, and they're not going to get caught up in the currency crisis that we're seeing, that's for sure. Whether whether or not silver is going to go to $400, I'm not here to confirm that. I'm not here to put that in the title or thumbnail or clickbait you with that one. But it's interesting to see all of the derivatives, the manipulation, the suppression, the the, the deficit, right? And then the predictions when we do break out of that, where are we going to go? This guy, Don Dernette, Don Durette. Silver will likely go over $100, and it is currently around $22. So there's that. Everyone should have at least 1,000 ounces. If silver goes to $100, then you will have a 100,000 nest egg. Gold is always a choice, but it's not really an investment. It just holds its value. Yeah, and, and see, this is why I've been stacking silver is because I see more upside potential in this metal than I do gold, right? But... If you guys need to get precious metals, get in touch with me over at my website. Hit the gold link and we can get you set up if you guys are looking to make a move. I'm not here to be a financial advisor or to make claims that everyone needs to have 1,000 ounces. Um, I've just started accumulating my portfolio into uh, making allocations towards silver. And um, for me, uh, just having offline assets is the main turn on for me that's what gets me excited about silver is if the lights go out if something happens with the balloon in the air i have something to barter with i have food and essentials as well and i have real world skills but i do have a monetary metal in silver that i can't trade and barter with you know and so that's that's really what gets me excited with silver but I, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that $100 silver and, you know, $400 silver predictions don't get me excited as well. Obviously, that would be a nice investment, right? But the 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 question is compared to what? Like, what is, you know, we could trade our ounce of silver for $100 or $400, but what's that going to buy us as far as food and the essentials that we need for everyday life to pay for energy, to pay for our bills? What What world are we entering? And I just believe that it's... If we want to be nice, if we want to be modest and conservative, it's a highly inflationary time. And I don't think that anybody's going to debate that. It's just a matter of how bad is the inflation going to get and how quickly are the currencies going to collapse and fail. So that's what we're watching in real time. And, you know, it's anyone's guess, it's anyone's bet. For me, it's just been a fundamental dollar cost average into silver over the last year. And I'm going to continue to do so after I went to the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference, got to shake hand and meet some of these big hitters that understand these markets. I'm going to have to make another allocation into silver here shortly. And that's, you know, I'll let you guys know when we do that. But that's just because I, I started to understand the fundamentals better and the setup and how much these industries are eating up. How much of the supply is getting eaten up by the solar energy in terms of silver, right? It's absolutely massive, and it's only growing. And with the Green New Deal, you know me. I like to be woke, and I like to do Green New Deals, and I like to have fun in that regard. Silver's in a deficit, and the supplies are not keeping up. So even though the supply of silver actually did grow last year, you know, we did produce more silver supply last year, it still didn't meet the demand. And that's the point. And then what did we show you guys? You have hundreds of billions of paper, hundreds of billions of, let me pull this up again. Sorry, 600 million ounces of derivatives, paper trading, that's keeping the prices suppressed. And then at the conference, Lynette Zhang broke to us that there's about 60,000 obligations uh, for every ounce of gold. That's according to the Bank of International Settlements. So if that doesn't show you how manipulated this thing is, how rigged this thing is, and the main question is who's not going to get their gold? Who's not going to get their silver? And uh, yeah, so this, this is very interesting to see. Once again, I, I I don't know, $100 silver, $400 silver, people call out for $1,000 uh, silver, people call out for $10,000 or $100,000 XRP. For me, is it a life-changing opportunity? Is it a way to preserve wealth? Yes. Absolutely 100%. And all the rest is kind of just debating uh, <laughs> till the sun comes up tomorrow how how big it's going to get after that. But it's going somewhere. So either you're going to get on train, you're going to get on the board, or you're going to miss. And, and like Rosie Rio said, you know the deal. The train has left the station. Now, love to see this uh, young Quavo in the chat. I see you. Shout out young Quavo too with the five spot. I see you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Okay, here we go. We love to see it. Coffeezilla, he's the guy who's, I, I think, doing some pretty good work as far as calling out scammers. And I love to see that. I, I don't spend much time on these guys anymore, focusing on my own business matters. But it's, it's funny to watch these scammers, how, how uh, quickly they're getting exposed. CoffeeZilla did this one. It says, we just tricked Dylan Danis into promoting a fake NFT project. We paid him $1,000 to post. He didn't disclose it was an ad and a posted copy that literally spells out scam. And he says, the entire project is fake. And if you quote unquote mint it, it takes you to a website devoted to all the scams he's done in the past. So apparently this guy's a serial scammer. Coffeezilla says he's about to make a video on that. So that's pretty funny to watch. Um, but it's just incredible. And I put out a tweet in regards to this. And I just said, it's so sad to see how little these guys will sell out for. I mean, they will sell their soul for $1,000. It's just truly pathetic, right? And that's why I've always just been transparent with you guys and that I haven't taken any of these checks. So, you know, $1,000 checks, any of these checks. I've denied them all. I have no sponsorships, no promotions from me, period. Not getting paid from the buyback committee, uh, not seeking any sort of compensation for anything in that regard. I have just been talking about what the buyback committee is talking about, (laughs) right? And just trying to talk about fair market value of XRP, the World Reserve Digital Currency, and then trying to have a conversation about bankrupt corporate governments like the U.S. corporation, and then trying to understand commercial law like we are talking about in the Article 12, take free rule, getting Fred Rispoli on over here to have a conversation about class action lawsuits that he's filed the re- most recent one against Coinbase for our songbird and flair. So for me, it's never been about compensation or anything crazy like that, but I will talk more about that later at the end of this. Cause the buyback drama continues, of course, and the confusion and the people that just don't know what they're talking about, but I'll address that. But I love to see the real scammers getting called out. I love to see it. I love to see it because this is people that are rug pulling their communities. I just saw a class action lawsuit got filed against uh, Logan Paul for his NFTs as well. And, We've been saying for a long time that this was going to come back to bite these kids on the ass. You know, I come from TikTok where there was all sorts of these guys shilling all sorts of Shiite. And I just always was concerned because it's like you're screwing over your community. You're ruining your reputation. And the SEC and the IRS are watching you. So good luck. Hope it works out. And they're just getting called out one by one for what they've been doing. And I do love to see it because we got to clean out these bad actors. And we got to make way for the real utility and this is what we're looking out for. We get rid of the nonsense, we get rid of the BS, and we get the trillions of dollars that's about to get tokenized. This one here from Blockworks The tokenization of real world assets continues to gain momentum. The Boston Consulting Group estimates that this industry will reach 16 trillion by 2030. Why tokenization will disrupt financial markets? So they talk about increased efficiency, reduced cost, better compliance, improved liability. Uh, look improved liquidity and increased transparency, facilitated innovation. And once again, that was one of my key takeaways from this weekend was these gold and silver guys, they all, these metal guys understand utility, right? They just need to be shown what crypto digital assets actually do have that utility that they've already been invested in. They're already focused on investing in real world utility, right? Cash is trash. They've invested into metals, they're into mining real resources, natural gas companies, energy companies. And moving the world forward, right? And that's where we've been at with this whole deal too is that we know if we remain patient, we don't gotta do get rich quick, we don't gotta chase memes, right? But but this is a way to just ride the wave of institutional demand and enterprise solutions coming to these ledgers and the dollar amount, the settlement amount, the value is trillions of dollars. And I think that that's a relatively conservative prediction that we're gonna be at, what was that, 16 trillion by 2030? I think that we're going to be way beyond that. But once again, we've been caught up in a timeline that's been stalled out. And, you know, obviously we're impatient. We're invested. We have our own incentive to see this thing happen a little bit faster. But nonetheless, um, at the end of the day, we understand that just by 2030, for sure, we will have grown multitudes and multiples of what we have done in the last bull run, which was just child's play, literally, as you're seeing. Send Send one of these influencers, one of these guys, a thousand bucks and he'll post your nft that's completely fake and they're not even taking enough time to do the due diligence to see that the website takes it to a whole scam and a whole expose on all that guy's scams that's how much of a joke the space has been up to this point but just like ripple says right crypto means business our investments are in the business are in the liquidity and utility that's going to take us to you know these multiples higher than what we've achieved so far in the crypto space which is just a drop in the bucket as far as the amount of value that's coming to these these technologies. Now I wanted to share this one too. This one's an oldie but a goodie. This one was shared here by Nathan Price. Um, he said XRP one. Tr- I don't even know what that is. One trillion. One billion. Something crazy. He says I said it. You can shower me with your hate now. But what he's showing here is this connection. This chart here that displays the connections that Ripple has to all these major players. And right in the center there is Vanguard and BlackRock. Right, and then J.P. Morgan Chase, the same Jamie, Jamie Diamond, J.P. Morgan Chase that talks down on cryptocurrency. Remember, they sent fifteen executives to go meet with Brad Garlin House in Ripple. So, so while they talk bad and talk about it being a pet rock and it's never going to achieve anything, they send fifteen of their executives to Ripple, and then they try to launch their own coin, which failed. But you can see here the connections with Ripple, all the ties back, and it, it shows you. Just how far the tentacles of Ripple have spread throughout the payments world, the banking world. And remember, the big kicker that we're just waiting on is for that regulations to pass. And then we start to flip the switch of actually settling in XRP, using XRP. These banks and financial institutions that you see up here start to hold XRP on their balance sheet. And let me read this off. American Express, Accenture, CME Group, Santander. Uh, and, and the main groups in the middle are BlackRock, Vanguard, and J.P. Morgan Chase. From there, we spread on out to PNC Bank, Temenos, HSBC, MoneyGram. Obviously, that partnership dropped. Now they're working with Stellar. All it takes is a flip of the switch to turn back on the XRPL corridors, though, for MoneyGram. That wouldn't be a big deal. They've already tested it. Berkshire Hathaway, major, major investments from Berkshire Hathaway into Bank of America, right? Major Ripple partner going back to 2016. Uh, the Alphabet Company which I believe is Google, right? Um, And and so we see Google Ventures right here, CSB, SBI Holdings, BNY Mellon, and um, that's that's where we're at there. And then you see the R3 Swift connection as well, okay? So people are, are getting confused, people caught up in drama, and I think that we all just need a quick reminder of what we're all doing here. We're all on the same side, and the connections are undeniable, and this is the only digital asset in the world that is being positioned to be a world reserve digital currency, which is what I titled this episode, right? The world's reserve digital currency, it's so simple. Digital asset- China's point of view. Oh, sorry, digital asset investor put out this tweet, and I wanted to share this one with you guys. He says, there are only two companies in my lifetime that I am aware of that have a stated goal of creating a global reserve currency, PayPal, which their VCs altered the path, and two, Ripple. This is once-in-a-lifetime stuff, XRP. To quote the movie Jerry Maguire, they had me at global reserve. And that's, I put out a video today. This is the main difference between XRP and literally every other digital asset, cryptocurrency, whatever whatever you want to call it. This is the main difference between XRP and the whole rest of the space, is that Ripple is the only company besides PayPal, that has come into this financial space, into this, um, you know, currency war that is taking place that Peter Thiel is about to talk about, that has openly stated that they wanted to create a world reserve currency, okay? And you know what happens. Brad Garlinghouse even said they bring out the tanks to protect the world reserve currency, right? And we're seeing that in real time. We're seeing a real kinetic war that is all based in, in, from a banker's currency war, that is underway in real time. Now, could XRP be that solution, be that new world reserve digital currency to bring peace, to resettle the ledgers, resettle the score, resettle the debt? Well, I'll let you guys listen to what these guys have been up to and uh, you guys can make your own assumptions. Here we go.
1: They want to get, um, they don't like the US having this reserve currency because it gives us you know, a lot of leverage over, you know, Iranian oil supply chains and all sorts of things like that. Um, they like uh, they don't want the rupee to become a reserve currency, because then you have to open your capital account and you have to do all sorts of things that they, they really don't want to do. Um, you know I think the euro you could think of as you know was in part a Chinese weapon against the dollar. It didn't in the last decade it hasn't quite worked out that way, but that was you know China would have liked to see two reserve currencies like, like the euro. And uh, you know even though I'm sort of a pro crypto pro Bitcoin. Maximalist person, I, I do wonder whether at this point Bitcoin is also uh, should also be thought in part of as a Chinese uh, financial weapon against the U.S., where it's it is it threatens fiat money, but it especially threatens the uh, the U.S. Uh, dollar, and um, and China wants to do things to weaken it. So it's sort of China is long Bitcoin, and perhaps from a geopolitical perspective, uh, the U.S. should be a little bit uh, be asking some tougher questions about exactly how that works.
2: So back in the early days of PayPal, and this is this is going back to 1999, so it's almost 20 years ago, we actually, our first t-shirt um, said, you know, PayPal, the new world currency. And so there was this idea that we were going to create this new uh, global currency. Uh, m- many people don't know this, but the mission of PayPal was to create a, a global currency that was independent of interference by uh, th- these... You know corrupt cartels of banks and uh, governments that were uh, just, you know debasing their currencies and we uh, uh, we succeeded at building something very was economically very powerful enabled many small businesses we're super proud of it but we, we never achieved the mission um, and I don't think it is uh, as solved by PayPal precisely for the reason that you brought in the in the Venezuela case where PayPal is simply too centralized and too attached to um, the, uh, the big financial institutions, Visa, MasterCard, the ECH networks the Swift Network, and it will do whatever it needs to do to keep those institutions happy. I it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't solve the problem. And I think with the, its current success and the current management, they're not going to go push the mission of the company forward that was a you know, what we wanted 20 years ago. So somebody else has to do it. Not to mention that it was the wrong crypto foundation, but that's a different story. And, and so why, um, why didn't you guys foresee this and build something that, that would solve the problem? Well, you know, we tried. Um, when we were building the company, uh, initially, uh, Max Levchin, who was, he started working on his thesis in, in, uh, in, in cryptography, uh, was my co-founder at PayPal, uh, he researched Chowmian um, uh, blind anonymous digital currencies um, and then, you know, we sit, you know, that, didn't think that was going to quite work. It was too centralized and, you know, it wasn't quite anonymous. Then we, I, I think we just never figured out quite the right algorithm. And we were pressured by investors to continue, to, to just get the product out, get the product out, get the product out. And this is part of the problem of, 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 of taking investment money prematurely. You know, I wonder what would have happened if, if Max has been able to sit around and brainstorm and you know, work you know work on the idea, um, and we all talk about the mission. and Maybe we could have figured out an algorithm that was more like the modern crypto algorithms, which I'm so grateful for. Should 100 billion XRP's will be enough uh, to cover uh, the X-Rapid's service scales to a global full scale, or would there be a shortage? Well, so the, when XRP was created, this actually was created before Ripple existed. The creators of XRP decided there'd be 100 billion units because they saw it as a you know, rather than having a smaller number with a very high price they saw it as something they wanted to be a
0: effectively a global reserve currency right folks so this is the market report that i keep on citing and people forget this this is from 2017 a market report from ripple most importantly We remain more committed than ever to the simple goal of making XRP the world reserves, digital currency. So this was a simple goal that ripple had back in 2017. And they've been the most transparent in the space with these market reports and with what they're trying to do. I mean, how many times have we heard this, right? Put a dent in the universe, service all 8 billion people, be a lender of last resort, right? Be create a world reserve, digital currency, make it as liquid as a G 10 currency. Right. And you just heard Brad on stage there acknowledging why they created 100 billion tokens from the very beginning is because they, they 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 saw it more as a world reserve currency than they did a store of value like gold with a limited or a scarce supply. They saw it more like a currency where you would need more of a supply and they obviously made it efficient to handle large amounts of payments right the efficiency of the xrp ledger is undeniable no downtime in the last decade and right from the very beginning they made it scalable for 1500 transactions per second and now we know the ripple's efforts have taken the xrp ledger to hundreds of thousands of transactions per second okay so just uh so everyone understands why this asset remains to be separate to me from the rest of the whole cryptocurrency space is because of this like like, uh, Digital Asset Investor said, we've only heard from two companies and, and even banks don't come out and say that we're going to create a new world reserve currency, right? We only see nations like the, the BRICS nations that are now finally standing up creating their new reserve currencies, right? But for little, little fintech companies like PayPal and Ripple, it's obviously a very bold statement, a very bold goal. But Ripple just simply laid it out there. And they've just been simply putting out these massive, huge, audacious goals out there for us all to see. And then they've been reporting in the market reports the success that they've now seen, which is massive. I'm about to show you guys, I'm about to make a separate video, the Ripple Q4 market report for 2022. And we're gonna go through the full market report, but they've just been showing us the success. And now we know that 60% of Ripple net transactions are now going through the xrp ledger and so i suspect that we're going to see that volume of on-demand liquidity continue to ramp up but then we're also going to see more banks and financial institutions and especially after we get clarity stuff xrp into their balance sheet keep it in their treasuries keep it in their cold storage wallets like you and me right and so the more people that are holding it means that we have less available for supply and that's where I think when, when people are trying to calculate how high XRP, how high, you know, should we value this thing? Many people are working with wrong assumptions, but it, I mean, no one on this planet can get the correct assumptions because we don't know all the deals that Ripple has cut. We don't know how much adoption the XRP ledger is going to get. But like I said, if we are just somewhat right with this story, with how this thing goes down, we're going to start to move trillions of dollars on a daily basis. Like Brad says, we're solving trillion dollar problems. And that moves us somewhere. That that moves us somewhere interesting. I think the market cap bros would take a look at XRP now and see there's 50 billion circulating supply, and which is another wrong assumption. And then they would calculate the market cap and figure out whatever the market cap is of uh, uh, XRP right now, right? Let's take a look here. XRP market cap at 21 billion. Right? And they would say that that's crazy. There's no way that it could surpass the market cap of Bitcoin and settle trillions of dollars daily, even though it's just so simply stated by Brad. And we just continue to see adoption and growth during an SEC versus Ripple lawsuit. And now we see, and this is the confirmation that we've been waiting, right? We understand you got these partners. That's great. That's great for Ripple. Ripple shareholders are going to get rich. Is the little XRP holder going to get rich? Well, I think that we are going to do something. And that's because the data that they're giving us is pretty exciting because over half of their transactions through RippleNet are now going on on on-demand liquidity XRP. And you can go look at the list. Go look at the list for yourself of the hundreds of banks and financial institutions that are partnered with Ripple, and you can take your guess. Remember, it's not half of the partners are using XRP. It's 60% of the transactions. So 60% of the settlement on RippleNet is now going through on-demand liquidity XRP. So we have to understand that. So some of the biggest banks and financial institutions that they've partnered with haven't even started using XRP yet. Like Bank of America would be an example. And that's exactly what they told us at Ripple Swell Conference that just occurred in November. As it as soon as the SEC Ripple lawsuit is over, we are excited to use XRP for a competitive advantage in the space. What an exciting time, folks. And, and just for the XRP community, understand... We are getting so close, we are getting so damn close and unfortunate you guys are seeing all of the drama, all the crazy talk, all the confusion here in the space in regards to this buyback drama, right? But I thought that Mr. I, Mr. Intuitive summed it up pretty well right here. He says, if Valhill Capital can sell my XRP for four to six digits, he can have 1%. Why is this triggering people? And and I and I agree one hundred percent. And many people are so damn confused with this thing, and they're trying to look for some nefarious angle, uh, with Val Hill, with Jimmy, with the committee. Like these these people that are talking about this, having this conversation, are trying to get rich off the back of the XRP holders. From what I've seen, from what I've been participating in, which is an email chain. I didn't sign on to the proposal. I haven't signed on to anything. I've just been included in some emails. I've been talking to Jimmy. I talked with Jimmy today. And I talk uh, about this because I'm interested in every single aspect here, which is fair market value of XRP, corporate governance, and commercial law, which applies to everyone, not just XRP holders, but everyone that holds digital assets and anybody that's interested in solving the debt or currency crisis in the United States. And anyone who holds XRP and understands that our government attacked us, (laughs) like our government attacked us. I wish it wasn't the case. I wish we didn't have to get the lawyers. I don't want to cut checks to lawyers, right? But we have to when we set up legitimate businesses, when we set up uh, real estate, you know, when, when we make, get deals done, you got to pay your professionals. And so what the community is now grasping onto is people have highlighted the proposed terms have been uh, made public now. And so everyone can go look at the terms for yourself and you can go take a look at what the proposal is, you know, um, that, that, that would be the same proposal that I got sent. Remember, I haven't signed on. I didn't agree. And I've said from the very beginning that I don't agree with all of the terms in this term sheet. There's a few things that need to be sorted out or uh, we got to work out, right? But this is the same terms that you guys can go get off. And everybody's picking apart this part that says that the committee, Val Hill, and they even want to get compensation for John Deaton are going to take a 1% fee If the deal gets done, that would be paid out upon a successful transaction by the U.S. corporation, not the XRP holders. But hold up. Let's just rewind back and let's figure out what we're arguing about. We're arguing about a deal that has next to no chance of being done in all reality. Let's be real here. We are fighting against a very corrupt entity. And we're going to have to take the battle to court. But the odds of this proposal in my hands getting done are next to zero and most people would acknowledge that that are even on the committee right it is very very far-fetched but why are we doing it because us americans have been attacked and so the amount of people that are outside of the united states that are, are making fun of us for this deal it's like man it's not about 50k it's not about 100k it's about what do we got to do jimmy what do we got to do I, I talk with fred raspoli i talk with um all these guys Right? We have Jeremy Hogan, we have John Deaton, James Falan. These guys have been covering this thing. John Deaton, the one who's been leading the fight. What do we need to do? do you know? And, and these guys are making moves behind the scenes. I talked with Fred Rispoli. You guys saw that interview. If you didn't see that interview, go to the playlist section. Go to my interviews playlists, and you can find the interview with Fred Raspoli there. Definitely recommend re- uh, checking that one out. But like I said, what we have to do is we have to get the lawyers involved because our government attacked us as XRP holders in the United States, we got a cloud on our property. And if you're an XRP holder across the whole damn world, it impacted you as well, because we had 15 billion of market cap wiped out right after we had the SEC versus Ripple lawsuit. Okay, but let's get back to this. We're all arguing about something that's not even really, you know, there's not much of a chance of it even getting done. But just for sake of argument, why is anybody shocked that the lawyers, the investment bankers, the accountants, the professionals that put together a deal that pays you back a thousand per XRP, ten thousand per XRP, you know, whatever it is. Even even if there was a proposal that was for $50 XRP, right? In that transaction, upon a successful transaction, a success fee would be paid out. This is very common in business transactions. This is not out of the ordinary and once again this would be paid out by the United States corporation not by the XRP holders and i did the maths for you guys if you just so so i ran with this let's just have fun with our calculators right and let's just have a good time if we got 50,000 per XRP in this deal okay it would take 2,000 XRP for you to get paid out 100 million dollars which is the the compensation in this In this proposal, there's a $100 million compensation for getting the deal done. Okay? You would only need to have 2,000 XRP to be getting the same amount, getting paid the same amount as the people who got the whole deal done. So in our hypothetical fantasy dream world of this actually getting done, understand that. If you had 2,000 XRP, you'd be making as much money as everyone who, all the professionals, that actually got the deal done. All the lawyers, accountants, investment bankers that stood on the front lines and actually got the business transaction done. When you buy a business, you hire legals, accountants, you get your bankers on your side, professionals that all take a fee, all take a cut. When you sell your house, your agent's going to take a cut. This is very common. And in this deal, it's not even... The, the, the person who's selling the property or or participating in the transaction that's having to pay it. It's it's the other side of the table that's having to pay it. Right? It would be the United States corporation that would be paying it. So, I mean, golly, man, the drama is just so unfortunate to see, guys. I mean, cause I try to I try to be rational about this thing. i I try to keep it real with you guys. Like this is very, very far fetched. But I've made it very clear why us Americans are pissed off with our government that is trying to screw us. (laughs) Can we do something, please? And when I saw, when I read through the proposed terms, when this first came across my desk, and I saw the compensation part, I said, okay, that's fine. Like, you know, I'm not looking, I don't care to get compensation because I'm just the guy that's talking about this. I would love to see guys like John Deaton compensated. I personally... Would be interested in knowing how I could compensate John Deaton. I made a video earlier today. Actually, I didn't drop it. I was gonna make it, but I decided not to add to the, the drama and the conversation. The the rhetoric is just so crazy. People are just so triggered that they can't even think rationally about this conversation. But I did I recorded a video earlier today that I didn't post, but in it I said that I would love to do more than just buy John Deaton a beer. You know, when this whole damn thing's over and we get together in the XRP community, I'd like to do more than just buy John a beer. I mean, I'd like to, you know, compensate these guys in 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 whichever way possible, whichever way they would be willing to accept. Which John Deaton, God bless him, has done everything so far without accepting any money, and he's been offered and, and been given, you know, offered gifts, and he's turned it all down, and that's very respectable, and that's where I'm at too. You know, I'm not. I'm not looking to get any compensation. I'm not smart enough. I'm not on the evaluation committee or the tech committee. There's smarter people within that committee that are talking about this transaction. I'm a YouTube bro, right? I'm a social media guy, right? Much more than that, right? Much more than that. I run my own businesses. I do my own deals. And so for me, I understand how transactions get conducted. This is not a shocker to me, right? But golly, and and I'll just say this: this final thing that I see is that I just see a lot of envy. Um, I, I'm just actually I'm not even going to say my comments. Never mind. Let's let's just understand. I just want you guys to understand where I'm coming from in this deal. Like I'm not saying that the buyback deal, the the terms that I'm holding up here, are going to get done. I'm just a pissed off American American that's trying to save my country and take care of my family. Okay. I'm not looking to get compensated for anything. I haven't been compensated for anything. I don't do paid sponsorships or promotions. And if you do want to support our channel, you can smash the thumbs up. You can share this content and you can head on over to my website and use our affiliate links. Thank you very much, okay? For, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Let me take your guys' questions. I appreciate all of you guys. And uh, let's look at the sticks real quick too. I'm not I'm not gonna say my comments about these guys, but I'll just, I'll just say this. They're mad. Because, I'm not even going to say, I I want to, I can't, I can't, I can't. Because they're watching, I know they're watching. They're jealous, I'll just leave it at that, they're jealous, okay? That's fine. A lot of jealousy in the space. A lot of childish behavior too, but hey. What we're doing is we're making money. While they're fighting about this and that, and I will say this too. If you're caught up in this drama, you don't got enough deal flow. You're not getting enough done in regards to growing your business, learning how to allocate your investments, and learning how to take advantage of the greatest transfer of wealth in world history. If you got time for this drama, you don't got enough deal flow. Let's get it done. Let's take a look at the sticks here, folks. What we're looking here is the Bitcoin chart, okay, Four-hour chart going back to the beginning of the year, okay? So we see 23400 for our Bitcoin. I got none of my drawings on here, but I'm going to show you guys. Let's bring our drawings up, and you can see where we're at, okay? You can see this. My horizontal lines represent support and resistance, the levels. And then the vertical lines represent the window of opportunity. When we turn on our moon phases, you see where we're at. And when we see a look here, take a look, we see we got that full moon is going to be coming in over the next 24 hours. So prepare for that. When you're looking up and watching the balloon get shot out of the sky, you can take a look at the full moon as well. So enjoy that moment. Now, um, for me, this is a 100% manipulated pump. Okay, I am not falling for this thing, and I currently am in a Bitcoin short. In an effort of full transparency, yes, I'm in a Bitcoin short. I think I'm at like 8 or 9% profit on that, still holding it. And you guys can see on my chart right here, that vertical line at 23,811 is my entry point. So I just let you guys know how I'm moving when I do it, um, because I got nothing to hide here, and it's a very simple strategy and technical analysis that i'm applying to my trading strategy shorting bitcoin on 5x leverage i don't recommend trading it's still gambling and we don't want to be gamblers but when you've been tapped into this market and you've seen enough of the manipulation and you want to continue uh being able to make these calls out before they happen for me it helps me to put a little bit of skin in the game put a little bit of money in it because then i watch it a little bit more closely and so i'm calling bs on this pump i'm calling uh, a bluff here by the market maker magician Wales. I am not getting fudded out of this um, thesis that I've been developing that the bottom is not in. But nonetheless, even if we don't go set a new bottom, I do believe, believe that we do recover back down. And you can see back here on the 21st was that new moon, new moon, bullish energy. And oh, by the way, it just happened to coincide with a massive amount of 148 circle USDC coin printed the day before that new moon. Truly incredible how they are able to manipulate it in the ways they do. And we're going to continue to see manipulation for the time being. Now, um, I I could have, if if I really, I wish I would have taken a little bit of profit here maybe, but I just still think that this thing has a ways to go. So I'm still holding this thing right now. The next level that I see down here is a 21,500 level. Okay, that's my next uh, support line that we have here. But then um, I I still do think fundamentally we got a ways to go through this market, this bear market uh, cycle and we're still a ways away before the bull run is going to actually start. So I would just uh, say, caution everyone, stay safe out there, okay? Don't fall for the manipulation. Doesn't mean that you have to trade, right? But just just understand that uh, we want a dollar cost average into fundamental positions because this market's gonna move quickly like it did last month, right? It pumped up nearly 50% from the November lows is what we achieved last month. And it really got a lot of people psyched out, a lot of people, you can see the energy, right? Um, and when we can just so easily track the manipulation, to me it's just clear as day what's taking place. And so if you cut through the noise, you cut through the hopium, you cut through the laser eyes, you cut through the clickbait, um, we get to the truth which is just 100% manipulation and deceit by the market maker magician whales. And that's what they do, it's happening with CZ. CZ printed a bunch at Binance, Binance USD, all month long, you can go back and look, hundreds of millions, uh, you know, just day after day, hundreds of millions of Binance USD getting printed. And then literally the day right there before we went up uh and we did a massive green candles. You guys saw on the chart on the twenty first, new moon, bullish energy comes in and we get a massive manipulation by USDC, 148 million printed at their treasury. Okay. So it's just clear as day. From a fundamental perspective, it's until we get regulations, until we get a settlement in some of these cases and set a precedent, crypto is going to be in a gray area, and and, and the regulations are what we're waiting for. And I don't think they are coming anytime soon. Definitely not over the next couple of months. And I do think that we still have uh, a few more bad actors to clean out. Um, as we as we showed you guys earlier in this episode, Coffeezilla getting that, uh, that getting that scammer exposed for. Pumping, a, uh, basically pumping and pushing a fake NFT project to his community for a thousand bucks, and it's still going on. Here we are, and until we see that start to get cleaned up, I think that we're, we're just going to be caught up waiting for um, the the next bull run to begin, and that can happen rather quickly, right? When we get the conclusion to the library case, when we get a settlement, or the conclusion to the Ripple SEC lawsuit, then that's probably going to bring us, um, you know, closer to starting that next bull run but i would like to see regulations passed from congress and i would like to see the stablecoin regulation passed as well and clarity and actual proof of reserves from these stablecoins because that's the that's the last domino the major major domino for us to see fall or we'd be pleasantly surprised to see that tether does have backing and it can be trusted but um we'll see how that plays out but until that until that time folks let's remember that Don't get caught up in the FUD. Don't get caught up in the drama. And just because we haven't started the bull run yet, just because we might be coming back down, doesn't mean that we can't get deals done and continue to invest in our education. And Okay, I just got a text from my team. I will address that in one second. As I was saying though, um, right now, if you're caught up in the drama, if you're caught up in that, let's 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 get out of that. Let's get back to making deals. Let's get back to building your business, back to understanding your what you're investing in right now. Because a lot of people are not doing much due diligence. They're still just trying to chase NFTs, hype, memes. AI was recently pumping. Be careful. They're still pumping. They're still they're still pumping stuff that just uh doesn't have real world utility, doesn't have real world problem solve. So be careful. Now I got a I got a sorry, TikTok. There you guys go. Okay, so I just got a message and I'll take some questions right now at this point, guys. Sorry, I went on, uh, we showed you the sticks and then I started ranting again. You guys know how I do that. But let me take some questions here at this time and um, I just got a message. So a lot of people asking about in the transaction, you have to give it up to a third party. In, that, in the proposal, you would be giving it up to like a poly sign. You would be giving it up to like an institutional grade company and it would be put into a trust. And then you, they're talking about you would be given an NFT. So once again, this is all not even going to happen, but let's just, I mean, if you run with how this deal is done, I think that they're trying to make sure that our our investments are 100% safe, put into a trust that would be able to facilitate the deal properly. And so that would be a poly sign. That would be, um, you know, some sort of institutional bank, um, you know, maybe a BNY Mellon somebody like that that could conduct and facilitate that transaction, that would be the third party. So this is what I mean is the nonsense that's getting spewed now is people think that we're trying to get people to send their XRP to a ledger that's held by the buyback committee. That's crazy. That's never been the, the, these guys have the best interest of the XRP community at heart from what I've seen. I don't know, you know, and I know I can't, like I said, I can't endorse everything that every member of the committee says. I've been included in emails, I've had conversations, I've, you know, I text Jimmy. I consider him a friend. I have him on my show. And just because I want to talk about it, and from everything everything that I've seen, all of these guys just want to see the XRP community protected. That's all I've seen from the very beginning, in all honesty. And if there was anything different, you guys would be the first to know because you guys know where I'm at. I'm not on any of that BS. So I would call it out from the very beginning. When, and, and then so people then see the $50,000 price valuation model. They see the 100000 price valuation model. And they think that that's nonsense. And that's fine. You know, I think that there's flaws with that model as well. I think that people just need to get to understanding that uh, XRP is, is well positioned to even just move up to a double digit price. If you get people just to that point, they can understand the opportunity. As far as where do we go from there? That's a whole separate conversation that I do like having about replacing the reserve currency status, solving our currency debt and liquidity crisis. And we see countries that are doing 90% devaluations overnight. So, you know, maybe 50,000 isn't enough. Maybe, maybe we don't need us dollars. Maybe we want to get paid back in gold. Maybe we want to get paid back in real estate um, in this In this uh, proposal, as it's written, you would get 100% tax forgiveness and 100% uh, forgiveness of all debts if you were a participating token holder. And like I said, if you just, I did the math, I pulled out my calculator. If you just held 2,000 XRP, you would get paid out as much as all of the professionals, the legal guys, the accountants, the investment bankers that would be facilitating the transaction. That's pretty good. If you had just 10,000 XRP, you're going to get paid out five times more than everybody who gets a fee for conducting the transaction. So 10, you know, 10,000 XRP at 500,000 is 500 million. But once again, people who've never done business transactions just running their mouth. And like I said, I mean, if these guys come out with scams, these guys say stuff that I don't agree with all the time. The valuation models are flawed. Everyone that I've seen. None of them are meant to be perfect though. What you're doing is you're running through an exercise scenarios for what XRP could accomplish if the best case scenario, remember, this is about defending the whole damn thing would be used in a class action lawsuit against our government. So you guys don't understand that you start high and then you let the government, the courts, the SEC, whoever we're up against, right? Work us back down from that price. It's all the art of the deal. The odds of it getting done are nothing. So there's that too. But what did Jimmy say in the last update? The last email that I got. He said, this is quite possibly going to be the greatest Trojan horse for a discussion around the fair market value of XRP, corporate governments, and commercial law. And for that, that is why the conversation is important to me. That is why I want to understand these laws the situation that my United States corporation DC corporate government is in. And then I want to talk about the fair market value of the utility of XRP that we're about to see coming onto this ledger over the next decade. It's exciting to me. Yeah, I get hype about it. Nobody else in the world is working on building a world reserve currency. So yeah, I do get excited. Turns me on a little bit to talk about it. 100%. Get out of your feelings. Understand how real transactions get done. And if any bad actors come out, and if there's anything that needs to be exposed or anything that's nefarious, I will let you guys know. So help me God. If I see anything, I will let you guys know. I've been included in some emails. I talked to Jimmy. He's my good friend. Haven't seen anything nefarious or evil about it. You'll be the first to know. I will report. I'm right there with you guys. From everything that I've seen, nobody wants to win unless the XRP community wins. God bless John Dean, God bless Jeremy Hogan, God bless Jimmy Valley. God bless Fred Rispoli, and everyone else that's working on behalf of the XRP community. Whether that's, you know, um, little, little YouTubers like me, whether that's the investment bankers on the committee, whether that's the lawyers, whether that's the lawyers like Fred Rispoli, filing class action lawsuits against the sec filing them against coinbase actually he didn't file a class action against the sec i think it was a different filing but he did file a case against jay clayton and bill hinman you know he since withdrew that but he said he's ready to go again that's a lawyer who's working on behalf of the american people not just the xrp community he's got another case that he filed where he's basically getting a um a clarity on ethereum These guys are smart as hell and very strategic in the way that they're making their filings. And that's the whole damn point. If you think this is ridiculous, that's fine. But we have to understand what claims we do need to make. We need to understand the changes to the commercial law, Article 12, Take Free Rule. How do we get our songbird or flair that Coinbase isn't giving us? What happens if they do take away our XRP or say that Ripple has to buy it back because every XRP is a security of Ripple and Ripple has to buy it back? What if, I mean, we have a precedent in the 1930s. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Greatest Transfer of Wealth with your host, Zach Rector. Please remember to follow us over on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Rumble. To get in touch, please just head on over to zachrector.com. You can check out all of our affiliate links and get access to our exclusive Discord community Over at the website. We appreciate all of you for tuning in, and all that we ask is that you share this message with other like minded individuals. If you appreciate the show, feel free to go ahead and leave us a five star review. We will see you in the next one. Take care and God bless.